0: beep beep i'm a sheep I said beep beep i'm a sheep <laughs> please tell me i'm not the only one who knows what that is
1: um i recognize it but i'm blanking on what it's from maybe that's good
0: sdf movie It's a mm. youtube channel and my children love it and everyone who's cool loves it
1: and welcome to episode 87 of Rhythm Encounter, the RPG Fan Music Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Salvato, and today we're talking about a subject that's very near and dear to our individual hearts, but also near and dear to RPG Fan's origins, which is the Lunar series. I I will give a little, a brief history lesson on that and like why that is and what Lunar means to RPG Fan uh, in a second, but first I want to introduce our panel today. So. Uh, Today, I am fortunate enough to be joined by longtime music know-it-all, and I mean that in the best of ways, uh, Patrick Gann. Hey, everybody. Our features manager at RPG Fan and all-around great human, Zach Wilkerson. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Hi. (laughs) Oh, you didn't do it. I had in my notes that you were were going (laughs) to deny my... Oh, you read the I, note, I, I gave you a sarcastic, yeah. You so did. That's the best I can do. <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately, <laughs> you are a great human, so. Um, and, and lastly, the heart and soul of our Twitch channel, Scott Clay, in, in his debut on Rhythm Encounter.
2: Hello, everybody. How you doing?
1: Well, I guess your technical debut. If you did not hear yeah. our April Fool's episode, you should check that out for reasons. It was good. How's everyone doing? I'm doing
0: great. Doing great. Excited to talk about Lunar. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I've been, yeah, very much looking forward to this episode, because... Well, you're about to say why it's uh, it's near and dear to all of our nah. hearts.
1: You yeah.
2: guys, you said we're doing a lunar episode. I'm like, I'm
0: down. Let's go.
1: Yeah, I mean, so I'll, I'll give the short version because actually the original, the full story is not on the site right now, but we'll we'll figure it out. But um, RPG fan, uh, for anyone listening who hasn't isn't really familiar with our history, has been around since the end of 1997, which is like completely ancient in internet years. Um, at the time, we started as a site called LunarNet, um, which even even though I've been here for so long, I mistakenly thought that the site was about Lunar even at the beginning. But it really never was. Um, it always covered different RPGs, and I think Grandia was like the biggest thing we covered way back then, right? Oh
3: uh, yeah, I think we got some screenshots for it before yeah, anybody despite, else or something. Yeah,
1: <laughs> but the site was called LunarNet, like in honor of Lunar, and so even though we changed our name to RPG Fan in 1999. Um, one of the founders of RPG Fan went on to restart LunarNet, And we'll actually put a link in the show notes because Lunarnet is still around as like an archive and information source for all things lunar. Um, so you know, even though the site wasn't ever like a lunar site technically, it was a lunar site in name and uh it is one of the things that prompted us to decide to like exist in the first place. And um, it so happened that we, we were going to, when we brought back Rhythm Encounter in like late 2020, we thought about doing Lunar because it was because of its importance to RPG Fan. And it would be a good way to like bring the show back, um, which it didn't work for one reason or another. So we, we've just had it sitting there waiting. And we realized earlier this year, or late last year even, that this June. Um, so this is going to go up, I think July, early July and June 26th of this year is actually the 30th anniversary of the first lunar game on the Sega CD. Um, so it seemed like just the perfect time to finally do this episode. I need you not to point that out because that makes mm-hmm. me feel old. <laughs> yeah. It makes me feel old
0: too. Right. <laughs> so 30, 30th anniversary of silver star for Sega CD in Japan means the entire franchise is, is celebrating its 30th anniversary.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah, we're all old. And, and you know, <laughs> everyone complains every time something goes up. It's like, was the 20th anniversary of, you know, this awesome nope. game? And you're like, yeah. What? <laughs> uh, but what that means is, you know, the the art form is achieving longevity and gaining more and more ground than uh, both popular culture and uh, critical. I don't know something that's not pop culture like you know the fact that like game music finally has a grammy category yeah um so cool stuff um uh, mm-hmm. and i'm i'm glad uh things keep kicking but now we just need a new game in this series right <laughs>
1: right oh yeah oh yeah I'm,
2: i've been waiting for lunar 3 for 20 something years now <laughs> yeah
3: victor island definitely teased us with
1: it enough back in the day he's killing oh him, right? yeah <laughs> yeah oh i've seen it it's gonna be great i'm like what but <laughs>
2: it's gonna be at e3 this year no
1: <laughs> so i know like all the all those anniversaries actually uh not to me just sent out an email uh last week uh just reminding us that the harvest the harvest moon series is now 25 years old which wow which don't even get me started on how old final fantasy 7 is
2: yeah they just had an anniversary too anyway
1: we're not here to talk about that we're here to talk about lunar or lunar. Uh, I'm going to say lunar. Um, I know some people would prefer lunar. At least Vic- I think Victor Ireland would, but I can't. I can't do it. So, our first couple songs here are some opening songs from two of the games. And uh, Pat, you have our first one. If you want to introduce it,
0: yeah. This is the the opening and title theme is just called Lunar. Um, so this would have been uh, the opening vocal track for the original Sega CD version of the silver star um there are japanese and english vocals uh for all the vocal tracks for the first two games um i went with the original japanese so uh this song would have come out with that 30th anniversary release of silver star in japan and it's a it's a very upbeat little song.
1: (laughs) That it is. Hmm. Um, And then, Zach, you have our next song.
3: Um, So I am uh, bringing the remastered version of the Eternal Blue um, opening theme. Uh, It's remastered by Sean Schafansky. And, yeah, it's a little less upbeat, which makes sense, because Eternal Blue's a little less upbeat than Silver Star.
1: All right, so we have our two intro songs. So let's go listen to Lunar and opening credits remastered.
4: This is not the time for my awakening. Something's gone terribly wrong.
0: Those were two lovely little tracks. I need to start by talking about how much I love the the opening of the original Sega CD version of Lunar. Um, this, this song, as you all just heard, it's got claps. It's got uh, this really sort of upbeat, late 80s, early 90s, you know, driving rock music. And then, yeah, the vocals are just... Melodically, it's simple, it's repetitive, and it's fun. Now, I picked the original Japanese version. Um, I I do like it a great deal. Um, If you want to hear something awesome, the English version uh, would have been a relatively hard find. Um, I do think the English cutscenes are probably up on YouTube. Uh, I do want to note that um, one of the cool things that um, Working Designs did... You know, when they made these like epic $100 super, you know, limited edition box set games for Silver Star Story Complete and Eternal Deep Blue Complete, they published one disc soundtracks for each of those games. And on the Silver Star Story uh, disc, not only did they cover most, not all, but most of the music for Silver Star Story, which was originally done for saturn and then ported to playstation uh in america i think in japan as well um working designs put all of the original content that they made for the silver star uh the sega cd one onto there there were like three instrumentals that they redid as like upgrade versions and then they also had their english version of lunar uh known as fighting through the darkness uh I think it's track nine on that soundtrack um and that was actually the first time i ever heard that song and then i later picked up the silver star soundtrack and heard it in its original japanese they're both fantastic the english version yeah it's just a little extra cheesy because of the lyrics but it's still a good vocal performance like i stand by it to this day it's a, it's a fun fun song
1: i haven't heard i haven't heard these ones in so long i'm sure i've heard the japanese one but it's been a while Um, I know I'd heard their English once I listened to it again, but I I had forgotten just how different they did the approach to the intros to these two games. Mm -hmm. Like this is like, so like you said, like 80s, 90s, like almost an 80s, 90s anime intro, Um, Mm -hmm. like the visuals and the song for this game. And it's (laughs) it's just unbelievable how different it is. Um, And it's like it's the same melody. It's just the instrumentation. Everything is so different. like even not only between like the Sega CD and PlayStation, but even the Japanese and English version of the Sega CD one. Like I feel like they changed it, unless I just heard a low quality YouTube version of the English one. But <laughs> like the the English one has more of like this like like eighties like power ballad thing. That, um, mm-hmm. So it's interesting that they would redo the lyrics and also like update and change the instrumentation to be like less electronic, I guess, in our version. Mm-hmm. But. So I yeah. love that. I like we, we get, it's the same song, but we have two like completely different like takes on it. So it's it's fun to hear both. Yeah, work,
0: working designs had a house band with with drums and guitar and stuff. Like, um, like there was that track for Eternal Blue, um, the the Dragon Star Tower ninety five version on. Um, oh Eternal yeah, they Blue changed complete, it. Like that's an instrumental track. Yeah. They completely uh, redid it from the synth original version. Just because they wanted it to be like more upbeat as part of the epilogue scenario, and that was for the Sega CD version, and they they used it again, I think, in the PlayStation version. They did, and mm. uh, that's like a really good song. Like I think Iodar himself has commented on how much he likes it. It's essentially like a free, like upgraded arranged version that they just built into the game. Um, for all the flack that Working Designs has gotten, doing uh, little little touches like that, uh, I think from a musical perspective is very interesting. And I like
2: it. Yeah, I think remixes and stuff like that are, you know, it helps. Even if you're used to the original stuff, it just helps the, you get that, that feeling that's just like, oh, it's just, I, I, it sounds like the original, but it's just, just a little bit better or maybe a little different. And you just, you end up loving it more.
3: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think it makes sense too. I mean, given that it, Silver Star comes out here in the early 90s, and anime obviously is here, but it's not as big. And so I think that you can see them sort of adjusting it for a Western audience to some degree in a way that I think makes sense. But also, I love how late 80s, 90s anime it feels, because if there is a game that is trying to feel like a Saturday morning cartoon, early 90s, late 80s anime, it is Lunar the Silver Star. And I think that this perfectly gets to it even some of like the cues and the cutscene with the way the music goes because we were i was watching it um earlier um are kind of hilarious um but like in a way that totally makes sense to the spirit of this game um and i think it's um in all its cheesiness kind of brilliant um, and i love it for that oh yeah yeah
2: it, it's super like that
3: electric guitar solo <laughs> is everything it's it's so good <laughs>
1: <laughs> and and then i guess On a completely different note, we have a a version of the intro from Lunar 2. Of all the tracks in Lunar, I think that maybe um, the Eternal
3: Blue opening theme is one of my favorites um, because of the way that it it plays with like contrast um, in ways that I think are really, really beautiful. Um, And this remastered version um, is very true to the original version. um, And I think that it does a great job of sort of accentuating what the game is and what it's trying to do um and how sort of like the strings underneath give like this sense of like sort of urgency that you're having throughout it but it also has like this peaceful flute over top and i think that the way that the lunar games in general but i think lunar 2 in particular um manage to balance tones um and sort of have like these really dark events um in a way that you would have in an anime of course um, but also like this really light mood Um, that is why we all love Lunar so much, right? Like it's, it has such a, a a joyfulness. And I think that, that, that like sort of that peaceful flute over top of it works really well. Um, and i (laughs) i think the woodblock in this version is like a little bit over the top but i love it anyway um because i feel like it again like it just the way they're managing to blend all these different sounds and all these different things that are happening i think gets to what this game is doing um i particularly love like the big deepening crash um about uh, like 45 seconds in or something um and the way that it ultimately like resolves really simply and really peacefully with the strings um, also I think gets to what like sort of like the epilogue feeling of this game so I think like it sort of captures all of Lunar 2 um, in a really cool way I, lo- I love this track, it's really beautiful
2: Yeah, it's it really sets the tone for the game it's mysterious I think that's the best way I, it, it always felt like that way for me whenever I heard oh, it, sure. it was always yeah, mysterious like what's, what's going on, what's happening especially, you know, if you, you just finished Lunar 1 it's like what is this? What's going on? You know, and then you, even, if you watch with the visuals, it's even. It's like you know, it just it even it still gets my hair to like you know, you know, little nerves. I'm like, oh wow, that's that feels good because it's just a. Uh, I think it's also the nostalgia
0: with that. Oh, but sure. <laughs> so yeah, like like we mentioned, this is um, a remastered version. This comes off a 2013 album called like uh, Video Game Remasters, like Underrated Edition, uh, and somewhat hard to find even as a digital album um i think we have it in the show notes you can find it streaming on spotify for purchase on itunes um there's like 12 tracks uh from all different games most of them rpgs um so i really like this this remaster if you go back and compare it to how it sounds on um saturn playstation like it is a significant upgrade and it's, it does sound really nice um For me, this song, divorced from its visuals, never stood out to me. But with, as part of the opening credit sequence, um, it really works for me. I I feel like that, uh, just that simple inclusion of, like, you know, stuff stone engraved as you pass along. Like, um, you know, we talk about, you know, Lunar's. how you can compare it to various anime and just watching this always makes me think of like um a lot of Hayao miyazaki films and for this one especially the opening to nausicaa if you guys know the opening to the oh, yes. valley oh, yeah. of the wind both yeah. the music and the visuals uh seem pretty spot on except this one has a much bluer tone instead of a more sort of orange red tone and um and also this this song is is more melodic and less sort of uh ambient and less dark than uh johisaishi's music for nausicaa so uh yeah i love i love this but yeah i just wanted to say like i i was listening to the music of these games long before i was really playing them and um when i finally played eternal blue uh and i was very late to the party i don't think i played it till like 2004 2005 um yeah seeing it with the cutscene made me just absolutely fall in love with this song it's one of my favorites i don't
1: i don't think i can possibly comment anymore on the song you guys covered it really well um i do want to say though that i i consider myself a fan of sean's work and somehow i did not know that he ever did lunar music this is like
3: very early for him yeah
1: yeah like i've seen the cover but like i've never listened to it i've listened to like whenever he comes out with new stuff now I, I check it out but i never went back and looked and saw what was on here and and i'm like there, there's front mission and paladin's quest and listen to dragoon it's like it's a weird weird little uh track list so i want to actually hear the rest of it now too so that's a that's a good find sack
0: yeah also in our in our show notes it's the only album that we don't have a review of and i intend to rectify that now that we've gone and <laughs> looked at this
2: yeah Good idea. Yeah, it's a really good remaster of that song. Yeah. The
3: whole album's been, like really great, honestly. I love the Paladins Quest one and I'm a little bit of a Paladins Quest stand, I guess, if that exists. Um so yeah, I think it's I think it's
1: a great album. Wow, I learned something new about you today. I did not know that. <laughs> I never played it, actually. Uh, it's not very good. Don't. Uh, I like that
0: anyway.
1: <laughs> Play Rubber Trek instead or something. I don't know.
0: <laughs> M- music by Kohei Tanaka. That's all I'll say. If you mm. know who that is, that's Sakura Wars and Alundra. So.
1: I was going to say Alundra. Okay, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, well, let us move along then, if we're all good. Um, so our next block here. I didn't really plan for this to include all four of us. Like introducing half of our songs in the first two blocks, so it worked out pretty well. Um, so no, the next block here has a song from me and a song from Scott. So my first song today is "A Boy Undeterred by the Unknown." That is a mouthful of a song name. Once you try to say it. Um, so this is the the map theme from Lunar Silver Star Harmony. That's the PSP remake of the remake of the first game. Um, and then after that, Scott, what do you have?
2: I have The Wind's Nocturne. Also, everyone as knows it as The Boat Song um, oh. from the original Lunar. Uh, Silver Star Story Complete.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I definitely would have probably brought that on if, if you hadn't. So I'm glad it's here. I think it has, I think to, it be has here. to be here. It does. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's go listen to A Boy Undeterred by the Unknown and Wind's Nocturne. All right, so a boy undeterred by the unknown i really feel like grammarly would flag that and suggest something simpler but that's okay um so this opening is interesting to me because i'm really familiar with the world map music in silver star story um and in fact would have brought it on except we had it on episode 38 i believe so you should go check out episode 38 if you want to hear that one um but i i love the world maps theme in the first game, so even though I have not played the PSP remake, I liked the, this interesting, uh, different take on it. So I feel like it's it's strangely like it's a little more in your face than the original, like, like right at the beginning, like it starts way stronger than you expect if you're familiar with the original song. But I'm glad that this arrangement still has the flute, is that a flute, um, from the original song and. I haven't. I haven't decided. I think I need to listen to it more. I'm not sure which one I prefer more between this and the original. But you know, like I, I feel like a lot about or a, lot, uh, a lot of our songs say like I appreciate the different takes. So I like this arrangement. Um, um, like I think the original one has a slightly richer sound. I'm not sure if that's maybe just the hardware, the PSP, and I don't know. Um, but I appreciate that this is a different take and a different uh, different instruments used, and this one has more. I, I think. Because I listened to them back to back, this one has a little bit more of an energy to it, like a stronger something. Um I'm, I'm very, I'm yeah. enunciating this so well. I know Um it just <laughs> it, it's a little more lively. So I think it has
4: energy. Has energy. It has right? more energy,
1: and like it feels more like, like hey, we're going to go on an adventure kind of thing than the original. Mm-hmm. Um And neither, you know, whether you, one's better than the other, I don't know. I just think it's it's a different take on it, and yeah. I like it.
3: Yeah, I think I actually. This is the first time I had ever listened to it because I've never played uh, Silver Star Harmony, but um, I think I might like it a little bit better because um, I like um, sort of the blend of like the pan flute and a little bit of like the techno, but also like the vocals, which I don't think they had in the original version at the very end that come in. Um, I think like the layering of it makes makes it feel a little bit more adventurous and a little bit bigger, and I and I know it's not quite as rich of a sound. Um, but I like that they've layered more so- sounds in um, in a way that I think totally works and also feels true to that original version as well.
1: Much better said. Thank you.
0: I think I think it's worth talking about um, what it must must have been like if you were Noriyuki Iwadare, which I'll say, uh, I'm pretty sure he's the composer for every single song we're listening to today. Uh, Isawa Mizuguchi did a couple of things here and there, but he was more the sound programmer um, than a Than a composer for this series um and just imagine if you're Iwadare, you wrote the soundtrack for silver star and then they're like all right we're doing an upgrade for true 32-bit you know um saturn and playstation he has to write a whole bunch of new songs and upgrade some of his older work and then a decade later they're like all right we're doing this thing again for psp (laughs) like redo everything again like revisit it make it different one more time and that's you know, compare that to Uematsu's work, where every time they, you know, remake a Final Fantasy, they're often pulling in other arrangers, and Oematsu does very little in the way of self-arranging. Um, but here, Iwadare was asked to revisit and re-revisit his work, which is also unique to Silver Star Eternal Blue. Didn't get nearly as many remakes, um, and I just think when when Silver Star Harmony was announced, I was I remember being annoyed because I was like, really, we're remaking this game again. But musically, uh, when I heard what Iwadari did with it, I was I was very well pleased. And I think this is actually a really good example of taking a slightly different approach where you get some aspects of the layers that are like, eh, it's different, maybe I don't like it as much as uh complete, but then um as you noted, like those those uh vocals at the end, which I think are synth vocals, but I'm not quite sure. Um, They sound really good, and they wouldn't have sounded good if you did that in like '98. But by 2009, you could do it because the technology was there. And so, yeah, I just love uh, like you're literally watching the soundtrack grow over time over the span of nearly two decades.
2: I actually enjoy that. I actually enjoy that one actually a little bit more. Um, I know people really don't like the PSP version of Lunar, but the music in it's very good, and it's actually a pretty good faithful remake of the original game and I definitely suggest people check it out especially if even if you don't want to check out the game definitely check out the music if you love the original PSP uh the PlayStation music or the Saturn or the Sega CD music give the PSP a shot it's really really good and I actually like that version a lot better
1: I know we're here to talk about the music but just like quickly I feel like what I've heard heard about the PSP one because I haven't played it is exactly what we've said here it's like some people don't like it I've never heard why because like It sounds good. It looks good. I'm not sure what the problem is meant to be.
2: Might be the encounter rate, if I remember right. It's a few things. I think one, um, it actually adds to the story. Um, The game has a prologue that uh, you actually plays the four heroes before the the actual game starts. It's got a a few things. It's like, wait, you know, it it kind of changes up the story just kind of a little bit. Not too much. It's basically the same story. Um, I think, one, it's a lot easier than any other version of the game period uh it's the visuals aren't that good and for a psp a game looks pretty good honestly but it doesn't feel that like that 8-bit sprite or like 16-bit sprite look that the lunar even the the playstation lunar once had right and they kind of updated to like 32-bit mm-hmm. like sprite work but it has that psp look um i also everything's re-recorded so if you're so used to the playstation version the you know the voice actors and you know the songs and everything else no john just, truitt
3: i'm
0: out
2: yeah no yeah exactly <laughs> you don't have to intrude as galleon it's really really like it's kind of a little jarring it's still really yeah. good everybody yeah. did a really good job on it but it just doesn't have that nostalgia to it and it feels a little off right if you have if you like, usually look like meme it's like i have lunar at home right <laughs> that's right. Lunar at home that's what it feels like uh, but it's still really, really fun, and I definitely suggest people check it out, especially since, you know, that might be the more easily accessible game to get at this point. So That's I think true. it's on the PlayStation Network if you still have PSP or Vita okay. get it now before they shut that mm-hmm. stuff down.
1: All right. Well, you sold me. Thank you.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and if you've played the games before, it's worth playing again like that. It really is just different.
1: Yeah. Cool. Um, does it have a boat song in
2: it? It does have a boat song in it. And it actually is a different boat song in it that was re-recorded and re-redone.
1: Mm. But
2: it's it's once again, it's it's not as good as the original.
1: <laughs> so tell us about it.
2: Um the Windsor and the Boat Song. Everyone calls it the boat song. I think I've always thought it was the boat song until I actually saw the actual track listing on <laughs> the, the actual uh, the PlayStation CD, the the extra bonus CD that you got with the the big box set. Um this is one of those songs that like it always stuck with me. I actually didn't I knew what Lunar was. Before the PlayStation version, but I never got a chance to play it because uh, I never owned a Sega, any console growing up. And uh, what happened was originally I got a PlayStation like demo disc and what was on that demo disc wasn't actually <laughs> Lunar or the game. Yep. It was yep. actually the boat song. They actually had the whole animation visual, of the boat song on it. And I watched that and I'm like, what is this? This is like a Disney movie. This is like a di- like that's the first thing that went to my head and always is in my head whenever I see the boat song. It's just straight out of like a Disney production. And I was like, I was like, I was taken back. I'm like, this isn't a video game. I got to check this out. And that's when eventually I ended up on Lunar Net. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's when I started because I had, you know, back then I was like, I was just searching through. I'm like, oh my God, I need to play this game. Um, And then I went out and got the big box set. And, and once you hear the boat song, it's like you really do feel like you're playing a Disney game. And I, and people, for a lot of people, I'm not really an anime person. I barely watch anime. So back then for me, it was like I saw something like that I think Disney and it just captivated me it was like I was I was flabbergasted by just you know there's a vocal track in a video game like not just a vocal track but like a like an actual really good song and she sings it so well yeah. uh and, and on top of that with the visuals and we we're, we're talking about the audio but the visuals on that is also there's 3D animation going around for a 1990 what 1998 release of a game where it had 2D animated art, right, with 3D visuals, and it puts her circles around. It's it's beautiful, and uh, it'll always stick with me. To you know, every time I think of Lunar, that's the first thing I think of. I think of the boat song because that was my first introduction to that, and it's I can't get enough of it. I love that song. That's why I sang it on the karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, that was pretty much my introduction too. Um, at the time, I was reading you know, every every game magazine I could, so I'm sure I yeah. heard about it through game fan or one of the others at the time, but um I remember that I don't remember what else is on that demo disc. Like that might have been the demo disc that had like the Metal Gear Solid demo or something else really notable.
2: I don't have it anymore. I wish I did. Yeah.
1: But like I it was the same thing. Like I I watched that so much. I'm like "You, you this isn't even a demo, but uh it was an interesting choice on their part when you think about it. That instead of putting a game demo, they just put this video on instead. Um, but hey, you know, it obviously worked for a bunch of us.
2: Yeah, it sold me.
1: Yeah, I, I, I adore this song. I I, I was li- listening to it uh, this morning, like before we recorded. And I was like, you know, I used to know this by heart. So I don't think I could like, not that I would ever sing it in a place where my voice was recorded and you could hear it again. <laughs> but if I were, if I were to sing it personally, I was like, I don't think I know the lyrics anymore. But then once it started, I realized that I still do. So
2: now there is there is another version of the song. For the PSP version and there are different lyrics to that and obviously it's a different actress um singing the song but it's pretty good it's actually people think it actually maybe sounds a little better I think it's because it's just recorded better because it's you know it was recorded in what 2010 compared to the audio equipment they had back in what 97 98 yeah but at the same time it's just a little different um also maybe one of the reasons why people don't like the PSP version of Lunar so much because it's just not as nostalgic but it's still very good okay
0: yeah the fact that XC didn't have access um, probably legally to all of the English assets um, and even if they did because there was new content, it just wouldn't have worked. Um, it's tough. It's like uh, it's like when Konami uh, redid all the English voice acting for Symphony of the Night like um, and retranslated it. You know, like, you, you don't have Dracula doing, you know, the what is a man miserable pile of secrets <laughs> and all that. It's like, okay, like, you're doing something that's a a, a little more true to the Japanese version but it's not the thing that we all know and love. Yeah. And it can't ever be and you just ah, you got to deal with it, right? So Right. I it's like I you know, you can forgive Exceed for you know, they they had to do something with it and they were going to do it in English. Um yeah. and that yeah, you know, that version is fine, but uh Jennifer steigel uh, yes. I think her last name is She's I think that's how you pronounce it. Yeah, now it's Jennifer M- Magalanus. Oh, I sound horrible. Uh, but at <laughs> the time, it was Jennifer Steigl. Um, she did the vocals on the boat song Wind's Nocturne," And uh, yeah, easily one of my favorite English vocals ever, 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 ever in an RPG. <laughs> um, did something to my mind and my heart. Um, the only thing that I consider better is probably the Xenogears ending song, uh, because I had been listening to that musician before. Uh, I knew that video game music existed, so it was like a, was a personal thing. But yeah, mm. they, they did something very special and very magical, and they presumably did it on a budget you know with with what they had you know they had a garage studio and they made it work and I just love that
3: Yeah, I mean my story' is relatively similar to the rest of <laughs> the rest of viewers like I I don't think I got the demo disc but I uh, did buy the box set and uh, my stepfather, eventually walked in and said, like, I need you to stop playing that song um, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> on the radio. Um, and he was right. Um, but, you know, the, the, this t- this time that I was listening to it, um, I was struck by sort of the quality of how it reflects Luna as a character from sort of a, a musical perspective. Um, like, you've got, like, these sort of, like, light and airy chimes that um, sort of, I think, almost feel like, winds running through them like it would have on a boat which i think is really cool um but the whole thing just feels like sort of like this gentle lullaby like there's this uncertainty to it um in the quality of her voice but also sort of in the quality of the um music itself and it also all feels like a little ethereal um in a way that i think is really cool um and i also like that the resolution is sort of like peaceful but a little melancholy but also like it, it's okay with the uncertainty That she's facing at that moment. Um, And I think that um, one of the things that I think makes it resonate so much with people is, you know, especially a lot of us were probably around about the same age when this song was um, sort of a big deal for all of us, um, sort of that um, acceptance of uncertainty and the way that it's communicated musically and visually um, the lyrics, um, I think is really, really lovely. Um, I, I, obviously I love this song just as much as all of you, but, um, yeah, it's, it's great.
1: I was actually going to mention this on another, another track coming up, but you know, it, it applies here too. uh, one of the things in our, our show notes here is that, uh, we have some lyrics, uh, from LunarNet actually, uh, LunarNet has these, uh, Full listing of lyrics of the vocals from well i'm gonna say both Lunars, but i, I assume all of them i
2: believe i use that for the the karaoke thing if i'm oh, not mistaken
1: yeah. perfect um so we have those links in the show notes so you can see the uh, originals like the japanese one um the direct translation of the japanese and then see how it changed into the when they actually localized it here and it's it's interesting i i have some notes on another song like i won't get into it on this one but i i like looking at those and seeing like how the original one sounded and how it was changed here. So it's like, it usually it's the same general idea, but it's just conveyed differently. And I think that's just interesting to compare.
3: One last thing I should mention is that um, it's still hard for me to imagine, even though I've played the Sega CD version of this game, that this doesn't exist in the Sega CD version. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, right. There there are things I actually kind of like about the Sega CD version over the complete version. But this, on its own, is enough to make me prefer the complete version.
1: Wow, it's strong. All right. Are we ready for the next block here? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So, next one is yours, Pat.
0: Oh, man. Well, we're doing like some back to back battle ish music. I think mine is like not actually a battle theme. It's like, uh, I don't know if it's a cutscene or if it's prep work for a battle theme. But um, yeah, this is found uh, on the Lunar Eternal, Eternal Blue Sega CD soundtrack. Again, uh, original i guess this would have been like 95 um before you know eternal blue was redone for saturn and called eternal blue complete in america in like the year 2000 this is like old school eternal blue and uh the song is called footsteps of the decisive battle so yeah i i think the song still exists on when it was remade for yes it does playstation but it's uh, decidedly more old school in uh, <laughs> the Sega CD Eternal Blue uh, disc, which is why I picked it because I like all this older origin stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean I appreciate it. We have a good we have a good mix of older and newer. Although I guess at this point they're all old, but you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> so so after yours, um, I have Boss Theme. I can't believe it's just called Boss Theme um, from Lunar to Eternal Blue Complete. So we got two. Battle-ish songs from Eternal Blue here. So let's go listen to Footsteps of the Decisive Battle and Boss Theme.
0: Footsteps of the Decisive Battle, Lunar Eternal Blue. Again, I, I, I want to fall back on conversation about Noriyuki Iwodare. Um For those not aware, Iwadare did... Um, his sort of big early works were all with Game Arts. He did um, the Lunar soundtracks. Uh, he also did the Grandia soundtracks. So those were sort of Game Arts' two big claims to fame. Those franchises. Um, iwadare has gone on to do a lot more... Uh, musical work mostly in rpgs and visual novels um and pretty much everything he touches is good uh some of it is really really good um but for my money uh lunar and grandia is still where i fall back to with him and when i listen to a track like footsteps of the decisive battle i'm like this is like you know his the instrumentation uh the way he thinks the way he handles melody um the way he can go from something very direct and in-your-face to something a little more subtle and back and forth in sort of an A-B pattern. That's what I love about the way he writes, and I think Footsteps to the Decisive Battle is just like as far as the instrumental tracks go from Eternal Blue, it, it might be my favorite.
2: I get chills whenever I hear this song. I think that's because I, I know exactly when this song plays. <laughs> Every time. Uh, it obviously plays very much at the end of the game obviously as it says, Decisive Battle. Um, I don't want to spoil things for people that never played Lunar or Lunar Two, actually. Um, but when this, tra- when this track starts playing, you know you're in a good spot in the game, and you're you're about to have some a lot of fun and about to see a very cool ending or pseudo
1: ending
0: towards the true ending.
1: Yes, <laughs> it's been a while since I played, so I was going to ask if you meant like it's the the standard ending or the epilogue ending.
2: It is the standard ending. Yeah, okay. standard. Uh, this plays obviously in the final dungeon, final quote unquote dungeon
0: <laughs> oh it's the dungeon music okay that makes yes. sense yes yeah i was like where is this in the game yeah it's the dungeon music it's
1: the dungeon music prior um, to
0: a certain can we spoil games that are this old
1: i mean at this point we've avoided it so up to you oh, yes yeah. <laughs>
0: let's just say th- there's a guy whose name starts with a z and you're gonna be fighting that guy it might have
2: been a website at one point
1: yeah he, w- he wants to just hand you a bunch of video game roms yes <laughs> Yes yeah. <laughs> all right yeah. thank he you. definitely has his own domain <laughs> thank you for getting that <laughs> okay all right. It's the it's the dungeon all right gotcha
2: yes 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 uh, anyway I was saying about the the track and then like um it's just got a, it's got a, a very melancholy beat to it it's not like you know there's a lot of d- final dungeon tracks for or for video games it's less like you know it's really hype and stuff but this one's really calm and it's like you know you're just traveling through this dungeon it's like yeah we're gonna get there we're gonna get there we're gonna get there. Right. Instead of like, you know, where I feel a lot of Final Dungeon tracks are. It's like, you know, it's loud and in your face. Um, And this one's just I think that always resonated with me. It's like, yeah, we're going to do this. We're going to win. Right. And uh, it it adds to the story, I think, when you have a track like this, because it just plays off that,
0: you know, real quick. The the irony to that, the yeah, we're going to win is that um, I've played both Sega CD and PlayStation version of this game. And in both instances, uh, this is the one part where I come in extremely under level in both instances. I have to I level, level grind, and I still lose to the last to that boss many times. I think on the PlayStation version, it was like I reattempted like seven different times, grinding between each attempt.
2: Lunar two is hard. Yeah. <laughs> the designs made Lunar one and Lunar two much harder than they needed to be. Yes. Um and the original Eternal Blue one is actually maybe a little more difficult just how it, the mechanics there's, work. There's one point.
3: fight in the original EB that oh, yeah, is brutal. ridiculous. Starts with the B.
2: <laughs>
4: yes.
0: Yeah, I know that one. That one too is is very awful, but yeah, it was actually this final dungeon and final boss. I'm I would for each Version of the game, I would put in hours grinding, which maybe also now that I'm thinking about it might also add to um, <laughs> why the song sticks out to me. But you would think I would dislike the song since I hate <laughs> level grinding. Nonetheless, I actually do like this song so much. So I don't know what happened there. It's like just in spite of how much I hated that dungeon, I love this music. It's yeah.
3: good. I mean, it feels like a little bit more mysterious, as Scott was saying, than like a normal final dungeon. Like I love the interplay of like the flute and the horns here. And it also, if I'm not mistaken, like pulls in that opening theme a little bit um, at times as it's going. Um, and again, I, I think it just like the way that they're layering sounds here um, is really unique for a final dungeon. And I think it's um, phenomenal. I, I couldn't remember where it was and I just assumed it was during the battle with Big Z. Um, but um, no, I, I think it's great that it's the final dungeon music, which I had totally forgotten.
1: Um. You said almost literally everything I wrote down. Um, <laughs> hmm. Almost, almost. Uh, I just—I was going to chime in and say, like, I also like how how serious it—it's serious, but like like Scott said, it's kind of more melancholy. Almost not melancholy. I don't know what it is, but I, I like that it's a different take on what you expect from most final dungeons. Um, just the instrumentation and just the way the song sounds. Um, I did have a note about the flute, but Zach stole that. Um, no, but I do like the flute. I like how that ties into like, other parts of the song. And I think it's a good like slight break in the song, too, um, just that it cuts away for a second to this like flute thing before it gets back to itself. So yeah, it definitely. It, it has a nice, like, level of drama without having to be, like, beating you over the head with it. So I appreciate that for how it's used. So that was a really solid pick, Pat. And then mine is a boss battle. Although I imagine not the boss battle that you would, <laughs> the song you would hear after this song. But for other bosses, anyway.
0: Yeah, standard boss battle.
1: Yeah. The the classic, uh, like, JRPG boss battle song. Um, so unlike our dungeon theme, this one starts a little bigger and heavier. And um, for the most part, doesn't let up. Um, at least that's that's my take on it. But um, it made me think of RPGs. You know, there's RPGs where there's like multiple boss themes. So there's like a, more or less a standard boss theme, and then certain like really key battles have another like more uh, dire sounding boss theme. I guess uh, Chrono Trigger I think is a good example where it has yes. a few and there's like very specific bosses that use the other boss theme. Um, and I like that method, um, but I also applaud Lunar Blue, Lunar Blue, uh, Eternal Blue for uh, using something like this for just a standard boss battle. So it doesn't really make each boss battle feel like really important and epic.
0: Yeah, I think as a boss battle theme, uh, it, it works extremely well. Um, uh, a near contemporary to it, uh, which is celebrating its 20th anniversary, would be Final Fantasy VII. Final well, Fantasy Seven's boss theme has that really like well-known and recognized pattern that starts with those triplets that da 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 da, whereas like this boss theme has the da 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 da, like yeah, uh, like it you has know. almost like an like a epic sports theme going, <laughs> like started up in like uh, you know ESPN basketball or whatever, right? <laughs> <laughs> not quite, not quite as upbeat as those themes. Uh, it's not like a John Tesh piece, but uh, it it has that intensity to it, just to like mark like, hey, this is where we are, and things are about to get ridiculous. And then the sort of driving percussion in the background uh, keeps the melody going really well. It's a very good boss theme.
2: Yeah, I like the the opening part of it. Was it a drum or something with the the bang? I can never figure out what that makes that bang noise at the start. I feel like it's a drum, or maybe I'm mishearing it. I think it.
3: it's probably a drum, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's I think it's be a, real, a, a, a synthesized version of a drum, but yeah.
4: Yeah,
2: but like that gets you into it. I think for a boss mm. battle, you need boss battles. Like when you want to go to a boss battle, you know, you're expecting something big from any kind of video game, right? And then you hear that bam, 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 and it's like it, it just brings you into the track and it brings you into, if you're playing the game, um, the boss itself, and it just feels really good. But like, my favorite part of that song is about like a minute and 30 in um, when it just starts getting a little more like upbeat and it feels like once again like like this is the part where like I guess you know another good song that does this too is Danger um, from Secret of Mana where it feels mm. like you're about to win right that's oh, the part uh-huh. of the song where you know it's the counterattack, right so it's like the boss comes in hard and it's like yeah it's a big monstrosity thing right at the beginning just like the song starts right and it goes through and it feels like you're like you're losing and then all of a sudden you get to that point in the music it's like that's where the counterattack happens or your characters are starting to fight back and you're starting to win and it just it feels great to listen to and that's what i want from every boss theme and i think another good <laughs> boss theme that does that is like i said danger from uh secret armado does that fantastic yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah the ab uh patterns in a, in a battle theme where a is just like unrelenting and scary, and might use a lot of dissonance or tritones or things like that. And then uh, in the B section, it, like there's this sort of uh, hopeful adventure, like this is mm. this is your team's turn. Uh, that's a that's a pretty reliable formula, and not every battle theme or boss battle theme does it, but this one certainly does, and it does it to good effect.
3: Mm-hmm. I really like the way they use like the chimes or the bells here too to kind of drive the momentum forward. Um, which feels like a little bit different for a boss theme to me. Um, but yeah, I love like just the, the opening notes for me every time. I'm like, all right, I'm into this now. <laughs> I mean, I don't have anything much more intellectual to say than that. But yeah, I, I love I love this theme. I think
0: I mentioned instrumentation before. And yeah, Iwadari is really good with the pitched percussion stuff, bells, chimes, timpani, um, marimba, xylophone. Like, he, he does extremely well. Uh, writing for those instruments.
2: Now, also, I think, if I'm not mistaken, um, I actually think there's two versions of the song. There's the one that plays in the game and the one that's actually a, like, released track. I think the one in game has a much louder sound to it. Not louder it is in terms of just, like, louder vocal. Like, it just sounds louder. It's just that, like, it, it hits a little harder, I think, especially at the beginning. But maybe I'm mishearing that. I
1: don't know. Well, now i got to look it up. Yeah.
2: Just, I, I'd say watch gameplay instead of, like, you know find uh find the song itself because i know the song itself on the CD, yeah but i feel like the, the actual in the game it sounds just a little harder i guess that's the best yeah. way not louder but harder
1: i mean just buy the game it's it's they're also you know yeah. readily available yeah so.
2: exactly mm-hmm. it's only a couple hundred bucks you know <laughs> yeah so exactly. soul, you know
1: <laughs> oh my god i am i i take i have the playstation versions of both games and i'm like i take very good care of them because i don't want anything to oh yes to me them. too um even though uh sadly you know what i don't have from the playstation one is i don't have uh, a rip of the cd soundtrack it came with because my my copy of the game the cd was like glued into the sleeve and i could never like get it out oh my god the
2: same (laughs) thing happened to mine but i managed to save it Uh, It, it, they did i was like why because the glue it gets stuck in the glue i just took it out i just straight up took it out because i don't trust that 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 part of it i'm like i put it somewhere else
3: my map got stuck to mine as well i mean like it's yeah. sitting around for too many years i suppose <laughs>
2: yeah
0: i framed my map wasn't it a cloth map it yeah was map. i love that map i f- i framed yeah, it it's beautiful i i completely took that package apart and it's piecemeal now i own it all but it's not in one place
1: unfortunately the Art-
2: eternal blue map is not cloth it's actually paper
1: yeah. but Oh, the first Forget. ones. Yeah, I knew one was cloth.
2: Yeah, I was talking about Silver Star.
1: Is anyone actually wearing the pendant right now? I feel like we should have been wearing that pendant I, for this episode. I
2: have the pendant <laughs> on stream all the time. Actually, it's on the little the little puppy dog toy that I have on next to it. I keep the pendant there the entire time. You can see it all all stream long. Whenever you guys come to the Twitch channel, you can always see it.
1: I, you know, I noticed, I I noticed, yes, I noticed that you, there was something hanging on, but I didn't notice, I didn't piece together what it was. I got to go look again. All right. Nice. Yeah. All right. We have one more block of songs. So we're almost there. So our last block here is Scott and Zach. So Scott, what is your second song today?
2: My second song is the Rondo of Light and Shadow from Eternal Blue Complete, which plays toward the first ending of Eternal Blue. Mm -hmm. um and it is a song that is near and dear to my heart as well um and i love it awesome
1: and zach what's our last song
3: and i'm uh bringing um betrayal from uh silver star story um the complete version specifically um it's a sort of piano track that plays towards the end of the game okay
1: sounds good let's go listen to rondo of light and shadow and betrayal
2: Alright, Rondo of Light and Shadow. Uh is another vocal track from well, this one's from Lunar Two. Uh this one plays um at the end the well, quote unquote ending. I'm doing air quotes, all right. Uh, but ending of Lunar Two. And it you we heard it actually the instrumental track uh earlier um in this rhythm encounter with Zach's choice of uh Eternal Blue. But this is this is the one with the lyrics and uh, it's another really strong lyrical uh, track in Lunar, um, because when they had only two for the original Lunar, they went and did three um, for Lunar Two, and um, there's two of them: there's Lucius theme and the Rondo Light and Shadow. But the Rondo Light and Shadow I always liked a lot more than Lucius theme, um, and I think it's because of the lyrics. Not so much the mu- the music's great because you can hear the instrumental track at the beginning of the game, but it, all, it just kind of ties it back together with um, you hear the instrumental version at the start of the game. It's mysterious and stuff like that. And then you hear um, the lyrics at the start of this track. And it's like a story of old, a legend forgot. And um, I think more, the lyrics add so much more to the song or just the, the tr- track itself, right? That like that mysterious part uh, that you heard in the start of the game is now underst- understandable at the end of the game. You understand everything that's been going on. And it just one another track that I heard before the game, like I heard the Lo- the boat song before Lunar 1, but then I was so into Lunar that I wanted to play Lunar 2 so bad, um uh, complete that, uh, you know, back in the day when you had legally downloaded music <laughs> on Lime Warrior and stuff like that, I actually, you know, went out of my way to actually find these tracks before the game was released and it was just fantastic. And I was I was hooked on this song. And I was like, I heard it so many times and I wanted to know what it played. And I thought it was going to play at the beginning of the game, um, but I was pleasantly surprised that it plays at the end of the game. And it makes way more sense then. Um, and I still love it to today.
0: I'm going to say something controversial. Sure. Uh, I I also really love this song. Um, and I think, I'm not bashing the lyrics. I'm not bashing the English performer. I think that's all great. But this is probably the only song that I truly prefer... Uh, the Japanese version more because I think the Japanese vocalist knocks it out of the water. We listened to the English version from Eternal Blue Complete. It's great. Uh, But Rondo of Light and Shadow, which I think you can find on Lunar Songs 2, that compilation, um, it's, uh, yeah, Japanese version is, because the Japanese vocalist whose name I don't have pulled up, uh, she just, like, kills it. I think it sounds so good. That's all I'm going to say.
2: I don't think that's a hot take. I think that's perfectly fair. Yeah, yeah.
3: Um, Because... I think the vocals here are solid and they're good, but I always wonder, like, as I've been listening to this song, um, and I always thought this the first time, like, whose perspective is this specifically supposed to be from? Is it Lucia's? I think. Um, I've always thought, like, uh, I've always been a little bit confused by some of the lyrics as it goes through, but I still, I mean, I still like the song a lot. And I, I particularly like the use of the sitar um, throughout, um, which I think is a really unique thing in JRPGs. It's not a sound I hear very often um, which is the only really new thing I have <laughs> to add to the conversation um, and it, it feels very JRPG and I, I, I love it for that of course as well
1: so this was the other song I wanted to talk about a little bit on the with the lyrics which again there are links in the show notes but um, I I think it was another one that I enjoyed comparing the be quit because why am I winging this I have notes written down um, You know, if you followed working designs way back in the day, because when I was, could you have followed them, I guess, um, you know, they made a point of changing things during localization if they felt it was needed or if it like fit better in English or whatnot. And um, we're
3: adding um, points to save in the Sega CD version of Lunar 2.
1: Oh, geez. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Wait, adding save points is a bad decision? No, like they literally, you had to use like a certain like currency in order to save. You had to use magic points in, Lunar. in the original. Yeah. Oh, 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 just not save, save points. terrible. Oh, yeah.
3: No, no, wow. not save,
0: just save, period. Yeah, just to
3: save it all. Yeah, <laughs> it's one it's, of the worst it's,
1: decisions it's ever. It's like
0: the original Resident Evils—you need uh, ink Rivets. or whatever to
1: yeah. save. Uh-huh. that sounds like uh, that sounds about as good of an idea as the original version of Final Fantasy XIV, where you needed a special currency to be able to use the teleportation crystals, that was very yes. very hard to get. Uh,
2: yeah,
1: yeah, um, yeah. See, so they they made some really important changes. <laughs> um, so, like in this case. Um, I was looking at the lyric comparison again and i I think um the like direct the more direct translation of the song is is wistful but it's somewhat detached and um like it's heartfelt but not really personal which i think sort of works for lucia if this is really meant to be you know her thoughts um and again correct me if i'm wrong because it's been a long time since i played but i feel like that might fit her character early on but not so much later in the game because she really does grow throughout the game So for me, she does. Yeah. So like for me, like I think switching these lyrics up a little bit in the English one, it it makes the song a little more personal, um, but still retaining the overall message of the original song. So like, I don't know, like I'm not saying it's better or worse. It's just I think it might fit better her character and her journey over the course of the game, making it more personal with the lyrics. Yeah,
2: because honestly, where where this plays in the game um, and once again, I don't want to actually, you know, spoil that. But it is a very personal point for her in the game. Um, right. Yeah. Like I said, this is after the f- the first ending. Please play the sec to the actual ending of the game. I know that a lot of people have never actually done that. Just be surprised how many people have said they've never actually played to the actual end of Eternal Blue complete. But please do. Um, um, uh, that's the best part of the game. <laughs> I know, but <laughs> it's you'd be surprised it's the
0: payoff. That's what makes the whole thing. Yeah. Be,
2: you, I heard so many people um when we were playing it through Twitch, it's like oh there's the second ending of the i'm like yeah no that's the real ending of the game <laughs> that's the actual ending so when this song plays um is a very personal part to her her entire journey and hero's journey you know i, mean, I just say hero's journey but his name's hero i'm sorry you know it's just <laughs> <laughs> um we got it hero, and, with, an uh, hero with an eye here with an eye um, and that that fits. That, that that would absolutely fit, Mike. You're absolutely. I think you're right. You are on point with that.
1: I probably shouldn't admit this, but I'm I'm one of those people. Uh, for some reason, I just I didn't get back into the epilogue, so I need to do it. But it's been so long, I'd have to play the whole game again at this point. So I I want to do that for sure, though. You should. It. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. So, all right. Betrayal. I feel like there would have been a good segue there about me betraying my, you know. Lunar fan I'm not playing the epilogue. I didn't do the segue, so... Oh, well. Zach, what do you think about Betrayal? Uh, I mean, I, I love this track. It is
3: very different from anything else that anyone's brought. <laughs> um, everything else has been, like, big and over the top, including the, my other choices. Um, whereas this is just a very, very um, slow piano track um, that plays uh, during a moment at the ending where you think you've experienced some... Um, massive loss and I think that the, the, the musicality of it even in its simplicity kind of gets to that like it's so slow that it almost feels like and, and also like it feels like they're hitting the keys with such certainty that they're trying to come to um, terms with something that just happened um, and I like just like the way that um, the music comes out is, is, is it's very simple um, and it seems very different from the rest of the soundtrack in a way that for me like I'm a sucker for sad music and the this moment, um, and I just watched it right before we started recording. I was like, oh yeah. I remember how I felt during this moment, and I feel like the music and like the way that it's trying to come to terms with things um gets to that uh, point really well. At least that's the way that I read it.
1: No, I mean I I didn't rewatch the scene before this, so I, I don't remember the exact scene of the dialogue, but your description I think really fits the song. It's what you said about coming to terms i think some of the drawn out notes really fit that like coming to terms with something and i like how you said about like very uh how you say about hitting the keys like it's it's definitively melancholy yeah if that's even a thing i would agree um, with that i, I yeah. think it can be sure. yeah <laughs> yeah great choice it's definitely a huge choice yeah. too <laughs> so <laughs> that's i appreciate a true story yes. yeah but i mean it's, it's good it's good that we have some variety here <laughs> like, we don't have anything like this on the whole episode, so I appreciate yeah. it.
0: Yeah, this is, I, I doubt I'm wrong in saying this. I think this is the only fully piano solo song in the entire Lunar series. I'm pretty comfortable saying that. I think you're right. And um, it's wildly simplistic, so much so that my 10th grade self um, was able to learn this by ear, note for note. I'm 100% sure that I didn't add any notes or subtract any notes in my version. I would I would perform this at like high school piano recitals and stuff. I think I did it at a talent show. Um, it's it, it really is simple um, and it's effective as a result. I love that build at the end. Um, I'm just gonna sing it. The dun 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 and then the bass. It's it the chord progression is really simple, but it's oh gets me every time, man.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I, from piano tracks for me, I can go back and forth on a lot of things. Um, I feel like sometimes I hear so many piano tracks and games and stuff like that. It's like it kind of all kind of blends together. I mean, I'm it's not one of my favorite instruments, but this this piano track is is very good. Um, as all the lunar music really is, and it just it hits the moment in the game like almost perfectly. And uh, I, you guys, you guys said it the best. I mean, it's just it's very melancholy, and you just. It puts you in the moment uh, and uh, really fantastically done. Yep. Yep. It's good.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, I think that was great. Um, really happy we all got to talk about Lunar. So thank all of you for being here today. Um, so coming up next on Rhythm Encounter, um, in a couple of weeks, we have an episode called Square Dance, which we've been sitting on for a little while. So that's going to be an episode all about strategy RPGs, which and since they're usually grid based or well, whatever. I like the title. I didn't come up with it. So I can say it's a great title. After that, in August, we have two episodes coming up in August. One is about uh, Super Nintendo music, which I have no idea how I'm going to pick songs for that one. To limit myself to two Super Nintendo songs is going to be very difficult. Yeah, so
3: I, I, I've been thinking about it for like a month, and I got nothing yet. It's tricky. It's <laughs> tricky. Or everything is the real
2: problem. Yeah, it's a tough one.
1: Yeah, I don't know, but I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be hard to go wrong with that. Um, so after Super Nintendo, we are going to have an episode about tropical island music. So that'll be fun. We thought it'd be a good uh late summer episode and uh that's what we got we got some other things lined up but those are our next three episodes so uh you know come back and check those out too if you have feedback on the show you can reach us at music at rpgfan.com if you want to reach me uh directly the best way actually is email so you can reach me at mike at rpgfan.com if you have any thoughts or feedback um, so for you guys, like, what's the best way for people to reach you, Zach?
3: Uh, best way for me is probably also email uh, zachw at rpgfan.com um, or you can find me on our Discord
1: at zachw. And how about you, Scott?
2: Uh, you can catch me almost every day on our Twitch channel uh, twitch.tv slash rpgfan.com um, I'm always available. You can also find us on the Discord. Um, I'm available to talk whenever you guys want. I'm always chilling, having fun, and uh, I'm down for any kind of conversation about any game especially Lunar. You to talk about Lunar? We'll talk about Lunar all day.
1: So, uh, Pat, where can we find you? Twitter's
0: the best place to find me. I'm GameAdactyl at GameOdactyl.
1: All right. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, uh, make sure you also check out RPG fans' other podcasts. Uh, alternating every Monday with Rhythm Encounter is Random Encounter. So that's our current gaming uh, news, reviews, site features, stuff. Um, you know, recently we've been talking about all the new... Game announcements that happened during June, so there's been a lot to talk about on Random Encounter recently. And uh, I'm also happy to say that after uh, you know a bit of a break, uh, Retro Encounter is back on on track. So you can find Retro Encounter every Thursday on RPG Fan. So it's retro games and other episodes in between. Like every month, there's a game journal. So you know it's definitely our. I'm pretty sure it's their most popular podcast, so I'm happy that it's back. So please be sure to check out Retro Encounter if you haven't yet. There's a ton of stuff there. I think by the time this goes up, we'll be, is it 300, close to 340 episodes? Do I have that That's right? a lot. Yeah. So there is a whole lot to listen to. We just posted 331,
3: I think, and it'll probably be up to 334 by the time this posts. So yeah.
1: Yeah. See, there you go. So I was almost right. Um, yeah.
2: 331. Yeah.
1: If, if you enjoyed this episode or any of our shows, like you know, we would appreciate uh, if you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, you know, subscribe, whatever the current terminology is, depending on your platform. Um, but, you know, any of that helps us out. So we would appreciate it. So I think that's it. So today our bonus track comes to us courtesy of Pat. Uh, so Pat had an interesting idea to close out our show today. So what do we got?
0: Never localized Magic School Lunar, a uh, Sega Saturn game, goofy little side game in the franchise that probably will never come out in English. Uh, the song is called Combat, Ellie flies through the sky. It is um, standard battle music. Um, it's technically an arranged version from Magical Island Volume 1 because no formal OST was ever released for this game.
1: Wow, that's weird and disappointing, So, but Okay. Alright, so yeah, we're going to close out with Magic School Lunar, which is again, really obscure weird little thing for a series that I think a lot of people don't know in general, so uh, I appreciate that. Thank you.
0: Better
2: than anything from Dragon Song. That, that, that <laughs> game doesn't exist? That game doesn't exist? Sorry. I don't know what game you're talking about, that. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's weird. That must have been some fever dream. Yeah.
2: There's only three Lunar games, and Magic School's one of them.
1: <laughs> Alright, so we're going to close out with Magic School Lunar. Uh, thank you everyone for being here, and we'll see you next time.
4: That was a good, good move.
0: Thank you. That was a good move.
2: Yeah,
1: actually, we didn't ex- we didn't explain the weird sounds to Scott. Um,
2: oh yeah, I mean, I'm trying to figure that one out, but you know what? I'll, I think I got it. <laughs>